Welcome, listeners, to FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me, as usual, is Kales. Good evening. Good evening, my friend. It's been a bit, I think, a couple of weeks since we've seen each other, so it's nice to have your pretty face on my screen tonight. <laughs> I love the Feel and Film shirt you're wearing. I should, I almost put mine on today. And I'm working from home, and I have Zoom call meetings, of course, and so I chose a YMCA shirt so that it would look like I was working from home, even though I was in, like, gym shorts, you know, down below. <laughs> you know how that goes, right? Like, they mm-hmm. think that you're, like, wearing jeans or something, but no, no, I'm not uh, not doing that when I'm home. <laughs> I almost had mine on, so we would have been twinsies, but I guess not. Uh, we were just uh, reminiscing listeners before we started the show. Criterion released their next group of films and one of them is a movie that we both really love love and basketball mm-hmm. so we're hyped for that collectively uh, so if you don't know about that you should go to criterion's website you can actually sign up and get their newsletter and you will get notified via email whenever they put their new list out for what's coming and it's nice to see them adding more black directors like Coles mentioned to me and then also just films from like the late 90s and early 2000s that Mm-hmm. Are, are fan favorites that are not necessarily fan favorites in the way that they made money. You know what I mean? Like they've done Armageddon and The Rock, which are very different fan favorites, which I'm all for. But like this is not that kind of movie, clearly. Um, and I'm just I'm so excited that they're adding this to their lineup. So that makes me happy. Tonight, we have a couple films to talk about. We're going to go ahead and get started with Fatherhood. This stars Kevin Hart. Alfre Woodard, Lil Ray Howery, DeWanda Wise, Frankie R. Faison, Anthony Kerrigan and Paul Reiser, Melody Hurd, and Deborah Ayarinde. It is directed by Paul Weitz, and it is written by Dana Stevens and Paul Weitz. What's it about? In this heartwarming, funny, and emotional true story, didn't know that, actually, Coles, until I literally was reading this mm. right now. Didn't know it was, I'll have to look that up afterwards. Kevin Hart stars as a widower taking on one of the toughest jobs in the world, fatherhood. That is a very generic kind of one-liner premise, which I actually don't mind too bad because I love when movies don't give away everything about them. They just kind of keep it simple. So, uh, yeah, but we threw this one on the schedule. I always like to try and do two movies. I've mentioned that before. Uh, It's better than when you just have one to talk about. And so saw that this was coming to Netflix, and I looked at it, and I actually was not – Sure, I didn't watch a trailer. I just saw Kevin Hart with a little girl, and I saw the premise, and it sounded like it was going to be more dramatic. And I was personally very curious about what Kevin Hart could do in a dramatic role, because obviously we usually see him as nothing but dumb comedy and buddy comedy, and that's not my thing. So he's not really the kind of character that I – you don't usually play characters that I like. And I don't dislike him. I just – he's – it's just not my style. So – I wanted to see what he had to offer. So here we are. Kales, what did you think about this? What did you like? I like that this is a celebration of fathers, celebration of single parents. Often we see films with single parents usually going to have a female that's a female character that is the protagonist for that story. We often don't get to see too many single fathers. And if you do, they're supporting roles. You know, they often don't lead a film. So it was nice to see a film that, you know, can also show that, hey, there's not only just single mothers out here that are trying to learn how to parent and trying to figure it out, but also single fathers. You know, um, it's an unfortunate circumstance that 
Kevin Hart's character finds himself in the beginning of the film, him and his wife just had a baby, and then she dies from a blood clot. So pretty much he's left here pretty much to raise this girl on his own. And the thing I noticed early on is that a lot of people didn't have much confidence in him, but he there's a scene in early in the film where he says, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know why I'm going to do this? Because this is my child. And this is what, you know, my wife, this is what she wanted me to do. Like she's depending on me, even though she's not here, I know she's looking down on me. And it was great to see this guy, just a great role model, male role model, willing to take on learning how to raise his kid, even though he doesn't know anything about parenting. And I think that's how it is for any new parent. You know, you have wishes of wanting to have kids. And then when it comes time for it, you get stressed, you get worried that you're not doing it right. Like, why am I not the perfect parent? But I think the key message of this film shows that there is no perfect way to parent. There is no perfect model or any certain way that's considered a really like good chance of you being a good parent. It's kind of just doing the best you can for that kid and being willing to, you know, be selfless and kind of sacrifice some things and, you know, put them number one in your life, especially when you're a single parent, you know, with not another parent figure to be there to be as a rock. So it was great that this film is showing about how hard it can be parenting, but also how joyful and how treasured it can be. There's a scene where Appy Woodward's character is telling Kevin Hart, he's saying, she was saying that, you know, take these little days right here, these little victories, and put them in a box, and these will be your treasured memories forever. Because, you know, there are, there are going to be the tough times where, like, you know, you're going through stages, and you're trying to figure out what's best for your child, and maybe when they get older, you'll have those little, like, fights and the little acts of rebellion, but at the end of the day, it's all about having love for the kid. Um, outside of that, I love the performances, mostly in the film. Afri Woodward, she's always a great piece to have. Little Ray Howard, he's almost like the sixth man that can come off the bench and give you a couple of points here and there. And I actually like Kevin Hart in this. You know, uh, me, like you, I'm not really a fan of his style. Not saying that it's not good or anything, but his brand of comedy hasn't, hasn't really hit me hard like it was when he was rising up from the ranks in the stand-up comedy um, station. But movies like this, where he's able to blend in comedy with drama, being able to show off a little bit of chops, even though he's kind of limited as an actor, but him being in this mode is where I would like him to be. It's where I prefer him to be. Um, he, he does pretty well with these um, serious stories that also have some laughs in there. And... I honestly also like the, um, I would say that I like the way that the story is able to just really carry on and be gradual. Like, the editing is actually pretty good for this film. Like, at first I was looking at the runtime and I was thinking, oh, uh, 120 minutes. Like, I think this would be a pretty good 95, 100 minute film. But it feels at the time pretty well. I wasn't really bored. I didn't feel that anyway, there was any slow spots or there was any kind of hiccups that kept me away from really having my attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. I thought that it was going to capture more of a small piece of the picture, but it ends up covering quite a few years of his daughter's growth. And I think that that's really impactful. And I agree. It's a strength of the film that it does that both in the pacing because it doesn't really lapse. I never found myself bored or falling out of, attention to the story i was engaged the whole time like okay i this is a very 
methodically paced and natural flowing progression of time and movement within their relationships. And so, you know, I like that it gets to the age that it gets to because the ending is able to have a different kind of effect because of that. And and it's really nice. I would totally agree with you on the performances. So I loved Kevin Hart in this. I think, like you said, he is not the dramatic actor. I don't see him with a sort of range of, you know, an, a superstar like a Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's be real here. That's fine. I'm not, that's not me knocking his talent. I actually think this told me Kevin Hart was an actor. So before this, I saw Kevin Hart as a comedian that was in movies, much to what you were saying coming from stand up, right? He was, a, he could do one note. He had one speed, one thing. It's making fun of the rock. He's good at it. It's usually funny. Sometimes it goes overboard and gets annoying, but that's, that's his thing. This is so different. And the comedy in this, it's so subtle and it's so realistic. Like the way that the, the, it's, there's a dryness to it and the, the score in the background of the film, the, it stays very even keeled and very not overly dramatic, but yet serious in tone it never leans into even when they go on a a period of sustained jokes for maybe a minute to two minutes at a time which is actually the film's worst points honestly is when it kind of goes a little overboard with the jokes but even in context they make sense of the character and the way that he's using comedy in his life to try and cope with exhaustion and with this overwhelming situation that he's been faced with so it's not the same as you normally see it. And I, and I really appreciated that. It didn't bother me at all. And I, I loved him. I thought he was able to connect. I cried. Okay. Like I'll just put it out there. Like Kevin Hart made me cry. Like to me, that is as much of a compliment as I can give you in this story twice. I did at the very beginning in the opening of the film, which is brutal and crushing. And it's really hard to watch, to be honest, because you just think about this situation, especially if you're a parent or like in your situation with a child and you you have experienced you just can't even fathom right the loss of a, a partner and then the 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 child not having that partner there to grow up with um it's it's a tough situation obviously i also completely agree with you i love the fact that we have a story about a dad a single dad and primarily I, i'm going to call it a spade like this is a black dad this is a black man who is a professional he, he is a stud professional. He is a successful, is he, it's like an architect, right? Some sort of like design, architect design job. And he's at the top of his profession. Like he is a, a very highly sought after person in his field. And he is a black man who takes on the role of raising his daughter and he does it right. And he makes some mistakes along the way, but they're not stupid mistakes, Coles. They're not cliche, dumb, oh, he got drunk one night and didn't make it home to feed the baby. Nah, because that's not, that doesn't, that crap does not happen very often in real life. That's not how the mistakes happen, right? And I just loved the depiction here. <laughs> I, I just, I was thinking the whole time I was like, man, like if I was a black man, what do I see myself so many times depicted in films, right? And we talk about this all the time, but there's black fathers is something that is commonly a quote 
issue in the world. There's this there's this discourse and this belief that black fathers just abandon their kids and get put in jail and then they're not there for their families or they're out gangbanging or whatever the dumb reason might be. That's the way the world has been led to believe there's this epidemic in black families that are lacking father figures. And here we flip it on its head and we say, you know what? No, <laughs> here's a guy who did something that plenty of people, white, black, Asian, any color would not have done or been able to do. So anyway, I just, as a parent, I went through a divorce and spent a couple of years away from my kids at one point because I was in a different, I was on a different coast. I was in Philly and they had come back to Washington state while we were splitting up. And it was hard it was hard like just being away from them for that but there's an element to this story it's always centered around doing what's best for this child and some of the drama comes because the the parent the grandparents have a different view of what's best for the child right they want to approach it differently than he does and he doesn't know what he doesn't know it's his first time but everybody truly has what the best interest in the child at heart and the fights that they have, they never get overly dramatic because it always comes back to, we all know that we're here together in this. And, and ultimately, you know, Maddie, the child is the, is the goal is to raise her and give her the best thing possible. And as someone who's experienced being away like that, I, I've, I've seen it and I just, I love the way that it is shown. And his friends, I think his friends are very realistically drawn, Lil Ray Howry, and then uh, Anthony Kerrigan plays the other one. His name is Oscar in the movie. I know him because he plays Hank in Barry, which is a completely different over-the-top and ridiculous role, but this guy is amazing in that role. He's like our favorite character, me and Patrick. And he, I love the dynamic of this friends group. Again, these guys are here to support this this man, right? He gets a girlfriend. It's a very sweet and tender relationship that doesn't move too fast. It's not about sex. They, he's resistant at times because he's worried about his kid. I mean, everything about this felt natural and real to me. And I just, I thought that was amazing. I think the daughter, Maddie, she's played by Melody Hurd. I think it's a great little performance from her. Uh, she does a fantastic job. I'd seen her once before and I looked it up. She's in Battle for Big Rock, which is a Jurassic Park short film where the family's camping and gets attacked by dinosaurs. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I really, I liked everything about this. I, I, it was a big surprise for me, kind of in the vein of, I would say the last time I felt this way about a movie, oddly enough, was another PG 13 family movie that I think is great for fan. And that's another thing. This is coming to Netflix. I'm probably getting over myself, but like, this is the perfect thing for a family to sit down and watch together. You can all enjoy it, and Netflix doesn't always have something in this market, you know, and, and I think that it's a great fit, but the last time I felt like this was for an instant family, was a movie about adoption. I thought that it was like a surprise out of nowhere, really emotionally affecting one, and for me, this one did that, and the sweetness of it really was able to overcome, like, it's very simple. It's not... A, a com complicated and overly dramatic story and i don't think it needed to be and i, and I appreciated that so that's where i am uh, i i really really liked it and i think it's i think it's well worth everybody's time so was there anything in particular that you didn't like about it 
I would say towards the final act, you know, the same routine that happens in drama and comedies, you know, they have that little montage where, you know, these characters come to a realization of something and then you have the little music kind of swelling up and up. And, you know, you get these moments where you can tell like, okay, everything is going to fall into place right at this moment, you know, so it's something that we have seen before. But these are the kind of films where if you look at them critically, you're going to miss out on a lot of the value that it has. And I don't think any critiques that I have of this film really hurts it in any way. I mean, this is something that, you know, you kind of have to grasp at straws to really find anything wrong. And I'm not saying that it's going to be the new American classic and that it's just this amazing film, but there's something being said for a film that can almost be naturalistic in its way to pick the kind of the, the regularness of life, you know, and I'm not saying that having a kid is just regular, but you know, there's a lot of parents out there. There's a lot of kids out there, but the bond you have with your child is singular. That's unique. That's something that you can't have with another person. And this film really just shows that in its power, it's really showing you what is it, what's it like to have a good parent-child relationship. And, you know, it, it brought me to mind of, like, the instances where I see that that's not the case, where I see, where I have friends who grew up with bad parents, where I see in my public, I'll see instances of, of parents who are not really tending to their child or letting their child being raised by technology instead of them imparting life lessons. This film is the true depiction of what it's like to be a parent. And a lot of people can take life lessons for this. Like for me, I'm not exactly technically a parent. I'm more like a stepdad, you know, at this time. But I know that when it, if it was for me having a child, I would definitely put this movie on to try to find something on what it's like and what it's like to really be depicted as being a parent with no roadmap on how to really give birth to a child or really lead a child's life on this world. But the key thing about this film is that, you know, you just do it and you do it the best you can. And that's the best you can really ask for. It's funny because we're not really going to say anything negative. Apparently, we're just going to keep talking positively, but that's fine. And I, I think what you're getting at, too, reminded me of something. You know, there's an element of the film where there's a conversation about not a specific conversation, but a through line of a theme of selfishness. And I that hit me because Kevin Hart's character is not like I said, he's not selfish in the way that you normally see dramatic selfishness depicted, where he's making choices because he clearly wants to do something for himself and isn't thinking about the child. He's making choices that he thinks are best for the child, but again, he doesn't necessarily know what that is. He doesn't fully understand, and so he's having to wrestle and learn and take in all of these different opinions, and sometimes that's going to come from grandma and grandpa who have an experience, right? And so he goes through this learning, this this journey of try, of of accepting that, you know, he He's going to make mistakes and he's going to be wrong sometimes. And he has to recognize what a selfishness looks like in context of what's best for the child in the long run. And it's just, I don't know, it's it's beautifully shown for me as well. I, I didn't really have anything negative. The funny thing is the only thing I wrote down was the same thing you did, which is the ending does build into a very cliche moment <laughs> featuring an airport, <laughs> which like you can just, you know what's going to happen, right? And so... It's not a surprise. It's not a twist. But I thought that the movie was so honest throughout that I'm willing to overlook that. It just does definitely go in the cliche ending kind of direction. But if it ends with a banger. Like, I, I really enjoyed the credits and, like, some of the little clips at the end of this film uh, as it wraps up. It's a sweet comedy moment with Kevin and uh, Melody, the actress. So 
Yeah. So anyway, coming to Netflix on June 18th. Do you recommend this? I don't believe it's coming to theaters, so people could watch it at home. Or would you say, I mean, obviously you recommend it. I don't even know why I'm asking. It's a big surprise for me because remember, um, earlier today we were talking through um, Facebook Messenger, and I was like, uh, I don't know about this. Like, I know. You know. Kevin Hart film, you know, and I, I, I think we should like skip out on this. But thankfully, I was wrong, and I'm willing to eat crow because this is a solid film. This is a good film. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We both voted against it when we were we were considering putting something else in this slot. And again, like a divine intervention, we weren't able to do that. So we have to push that to next week. And it works out because we get to tell people about this. And hopefully somebody listening will be like, oh, wow, I would have never watched that Kevin Hart movie. And they'll watch it and they'll enjoy it and get something out of it. So I would recommend it as well. Like we said, streaming on Netflix June 18th. Okay, our other film for tonight is the next Pixar movie. It's called Luca, and you may or may not have seen anything about this one. I don't think the marketing has been very strong at mm. all. It's almost like they are dumping it. It's going to Disney Plus, and much like Soul, they're not putting it behind a $30 paywall, which is good, by the way. But it's weird because I haven't seen them market it the way that Soul got marketed, and I, I, I kind of feel for the team. Anyway, this movie stars the voice work of Jacob, Jacob Tremblay. Jack Dylan Grazer, Emma Berman, Saverio Raimondo, Maya Rudolph, Marco Baricelli, Jim Caffigan, and Sandy Martin. It is directed by Enrico Casarosa and is written by Jesse Andrews and Mike Jones. What's it about? On the Italian Riviera, an unlikely but strong friendship grows between a human being and a sea monster disguised as a human. That should probably say between a human being and two sea monsters disguised as humans. That's not a spoiler. There are two sea monsters in this movie. They are the friends. <laughs> and they meet a little girl and become friends with her. All right. So I want you to tell me what you liked about this, but I'm also curious what your expectations were heading into this. And, and with regards to, like I was saying, the marketing, like how much did you know about this going into it? And then what did you like? I agree with you on the marketing. I saw when the poster image came out and I saw when the trailer debuted but other than that I haven't seen this film really anywhere to the point where I had even forgot that we had gotten this as a screener and I didn't even know when the release date was um I was surprised that this didn't get as much marketing as Cruella is getting right now for Disney I mean I guess because Cruella has Emma Stone then yes that's a more marketable film but this is a Pixar film I mean Pixar is universally beloved by almost everybody you know no matter if you're a kid or adult so i was thinking that this would get more burned you know especially coming off the heels of a film like soul and i'm pretty shocked by it. it it does feel like they're almost unceremoniously dumping this on streaming services i'm surprised they didn't put it on the paywall that's news to me i thought this was going to be a premier access feature but it feels like they just i don't know do they have confidence in it do they think this is not going to make a lot of big money because we're still coming out of the pandemic it's weird to me but I did have expectations because, of course, the Pixar brand, and according to the Pixar brand, this film is another its another win for them. Um, do I consider this one of their premier works? No. But I do i do love that the way that it displays Italy. I mean, Italy culture for the win, Italian culture for the win. You know, we get to hear about the Vespas, and we get to see the dishes of pasta, and we see the costume design, the way people are dressed. You hear the accents. You know, we see the, the beautiful village and, you know, almost like it doesn't rain here. It's like almost sunny. And then you see the beach and it 
it all looks wonderful. It's a wonderfully designed film. You know, the visuals, of course, are top tier. I couldn't really tell because I was looking through a screener copy, but I'm sure once it's get on Disney Plus, I'll check out the Dolby Vision, um, you know, version. I'm pretty sure my critique would be proven right. And I love the voice acting. And I feel that this film is not really won by the main characters, but by a supporting character. The girl who plays uh, Guilla, Guilla, is that how you pronounce her name? Yes, I feel that to me, she was my favorite character of the whole film. And, really? Okay. You know, that's very... Yes, uh, she comes in with so much spunk, so much energy. She's charismatic. She has personality. I mean, and and I love that they had this whole side, this side story about this little almost Grand Prix Cup that happens every year in the village and how she's lost five years and she has a rival and she's looking to finally get over the hump and finally win. Just so and just so she could be able to, you know, help her father, you know, her father. I love the way that her father was depicted as this guy who, you know, he's missing an arm. But you kind of almost that almost doesn't really matter to his character. You know, there's one scene where one of the leading um, characters asks him, like, what happened to your arm? He's like, oh, I was just born and birthed this way. And then it's just and then you never hear about it again. So I love that that wasn't really used as a crush to make his character, you know, memorable and more than ordinary. But I really love Wella in this film. I think she really, really takes it over once she comes in and really outclasses the two leading um, boy characters, um, Alberto and Luca. Julia. It's Julia. Her name is Julia. 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 Okay. My bad. Julia, it's actually, Julia, yeah. Julia, Julia. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, did you have more? I don't want to cut you off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just had a little bit more. I mean, the third act of this film is impressive. If, if there's nothing else about this film, that stands out i would say wait until the final act comes it you know there are some moments that are going to make some people grab for some kleenex you know there are some moments that's going to make you feel triumphant and powerful because it teaches you lessons about tolerance and about friendship and about being happy with being different and not fitting in and you know allowing for people to exist in how whatever form they want to be in I mean, the final act is where Pixar and Disney, they always take the cake. You know, when they can do sequences like this that are equal in comedy, equal in drama, equal in action, and equal in compassion, that's the winning formula for them. Absolutely. Absolutely spot on stuff right there. I completely agree. And I would assume that some are going to see this and they're going to write their own relatability narrative into it about who the sea monsters can represent in the world today and what that means for inclusion and i think that's fine i think that that's the beauty of this story because you know what if you're a person that for whatever reason doesn't want to view your movies that way you can look at it as a cool fable and you know just a fairy tale about sea monsters and humans living together it it works both ways and i, and I love that and kind of piggybacking off of the representation aspect of a person type in we that we saw in fatherhood that we don't usually see man i love movies that show male friendship that is just genuine dudes being good dudes and friends and bros and and i there's already jokes about like of course there's this bromance and yada 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 no, it doesn't have to, like, there's no, a single romantic n note between these two characters. They are two boys who clearly love each other like best friends. And I think 
the world sometimes doesn't really normalize that. Men are either taught to be really toxic or, you know, you're expected to, you know, be free and open. And, and, and if you're, if you're you know, homosexual, then you're the opposite. But like, there's a middle ground of like just true friendship between guys, like in, in honest, complete sacrifice for one another. And the way that this plays that out, I just think it's beautiful and it's, it's much needed. And I love the role of Julia in their life. Like you said, when she comes in, she's a much needed element to this because they really become a trio, right? It's about three friends. It almost feels by the end, you know, minus, you know, take away some whimsy. And and it's like a Wes Anderson grouping of characters. You would see just the way that they work together and they need each other. There's a, a really fun, just nature to the writing throughout this the way that the sea monsters call the land the the humans land monsters and their view of the the world outside this definitely plays homage to the little mermaid it it almost works like a gender swapped version of ariel without the romance in a lot of ways like there's even a cave of thingamabobbers is what i would call thingamajigs (laughs) basically like they collect things from above just like ariel does Uh, obviously Ariel's thing is all about a romance when she's up on the top but this is about friendship and exploration and dreams and that was another thing that I really loved about this is there are several animated sequences that depict their dreams and them kind of imagining things and a lot of movies tend to these days go a very abstract direction in the way that they depict dream sequences and they get real quote artsy about it this is very straightforward and i love that because you can tell exactly what's happening and the reason i love that is because this is a kids movie this is very much a kids movie so while soul was a movie that we specifically called out as saying listen this is not a typical pixar movie that is going to be connecting in the same way for your maybe 10 and under crowd right? You need to be a little older to kind of get soul. This is that younger age group. It's going to hit that. I mean, it's totally work. I watched it with adults and teenagers and we all loved it and enjoyed it. But I think this is one that those little kids are going to be able to get all of and, and compute what's happening in the story. And I think that that's so necessary. And I just love that Pixar can do both. They can manage the, the kind of high, deep, contemplative story within their animation but they can also just do a really fun smart and also you know still emotionally moving and meaningful story but very much simpler it's not complex and and i appreciated that about it because i think having both kinds of movies is important in this world so it's kind of comparable to something we talked about a couple of weeks ago like spirit untamed which is also we we mentioned how very simple it is in its storytelling and yet pixar manages to do that in a way that is much more effective and memorable than what we saw in Spirit Untamed. Whether it's, you know, a combination of the visuals and just the drawing of the characters, they balance that bridge between younger viewers without treating them like younger viewers almost, because it still works just fine for adults. Uh, It's really special the way they can do it. And that's what makes them what Pixar has become as this giant and this, you know, we, we jokingly will say Pixar doesn't miss. Pixar very rarely misses. You know what I mean? They're batting like 900. Nine for every 10 is is a banger. So I liked, 
again, pretty much everything about this. I enjoyed it. It's it's a nice 90 minutes, by the way. This one just has a great fast pace to it. It's in, it's out. It hits you at the end. Like you said, I was also very emotional at the end of this one. I mean, it's just a, that kind of week, man. I'm ready for F9. I'm not crying. Well, then again, I'll probably cry when Han comes back. Watch. Anything you didn't like about Luca? Um, I can say that there's been a trend as far as um, Pixar films. Not all of them, but the majority of them seem to follow a bit of a formula. You know, the way there's a character that comes from this world and they go into this new world and they meet this wisecracking um, sidekick who eventually become their best friend. And then they go on these misadventures and then they end up coming into some bit of conflict and they have to fight their way out of it. But then at the end of the day, everybody's going to come together for a kumbaya and everything is right in the world. Hey, I, I don't have a problem with that mostly because I know that this is just for kids. And as an adult, it's easy to spot those parents. As a kid, you're just you're just in awe how everything looks and just like the great lines that the characters are saying and then the easy juvenile humor. So it's not really an issue. It's just something I've been noticing. Like a movie like Soul really stands out in compared to a film like this. Like I would say that there's a lot of good, but not much great. You know, except for the final act. I don't I do think that the film takes some time to pick up. The first act, it kinda was um kinda draining on me a little bit. Like really just going to hitting the usual beats of like a friendship starting and I'm I was kinda wondering when the film was gonna pick up, which is why I like the character of I'm, Julia. I really hate yeah, Julia. That's why I like the character of Julia. She feel like an injection. She feel like a really spark plug for the film to really jump off from because the first couple of acts were feeling a little bit laggy. Um but the film does recover very nicely, and I really don't have much of any, of a thing that's going to really tank anybody from watching it. I just think that this is a film where there is a lot of really good things going on, but not something great or unique. Yeah, I would completely agree with that assessment that there is nothing super special about this in the way that you know, it be, and I think that's okay. I. I think that that's because the direction is aimed at younger kids and i understand that that those kind of movies by default when you're bridging this gap it's tough it's tough man it's tough to do simple and have it be super memorable but i really enjoyed it for those reasons for the reasons of what it is and i and i like its existence i do think that like you're saying i it, it's pretty like the characters are the wrap up, the characters in the wrap up. It's it's very generic kind of things. Like the bully is the bully, right? And the town believes the thing and then magically like is just over it in five seconds because friends. I mean, it's it's very easily wrapped up. And so it's hard for adults sometimes to grasp that. But I think that's because a kid doesn't need this complex problem solving now we could argue and have a big discussion about is that a good thing is it good to teach kids that things are just going to happen and get fixed in like this really easy circumstance where you know julia says these are my buddies please don't hate them and then the rest of the town's like we don't hate you anymore come eat with us that's idealistic right that's what we would love the world to be like <laughs> that's not how the world is uh, the people with pitchforks are still going to have the pitchforks unfortunately uh, in a lot of cases. And so, yeah, there's an argument to be made about how do we depict 
this information to our young children. So it's good. Parents should watch it with their kids and maybe have that conversation. But either way, it is a really good, fun, enjoyable film uh, that, like I said, it's quick paced and you can't go wrong like watching it. Uh, oh, the one other thing that I do have kind of a negative about it. I'm not a super fan of this animation style. I don't dislike it by any means. Again, comparing it to Spirit Untamed, like I like it better than that because it doesn't look that plastic. But it is very, it it doesn't have the kind of layers and uniqueness that I typically expect from Pixar animation. It's pretty, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's just, I don't even know how to describe it, man, but it, there's something about the animation that just, it, there's nothing unique. It doesn't blow me away. It doesn't, I don't look at it visually and go, ooh, that's a new look. And usually with Pixar movies, there's something about it. I can be like, oh, that's new. Oh, that looks different. This, nope, it's just very plain. Well, I do agree with someone. I mean, th- there's nothing new here as far as that's going to draw your eye. You know, I mean, the only thing I can say is that, you know, for people who have, like, I guess, like, like us, like, you have, like, some nice 4K TVs, I guess they'll get some benefit out of it, and the kids will go oogly-googly for the colors, but, yeah, I mean, there, there's no innovation with this. Like I said, I mean, this film, it, it kind of feels like that it's a, um, standing in place for something bigger, you know, this is something that's not going to set the world on fire, but this is a very good Pixar film, which is, Still a boat, which still a win, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, completely agree. Uh, I, I think that it's very good, and it's it's very good that this is free as well. So I think that this movie would not have been successful behind a paywall. I think that mm. Soul would have. Soul could have made them more money, probably than Mulan and Raya both, but. For some reason, they didn't do that. This one, they don't put it in the paywall, and it's it's good because it's just not that kind. Of, it's not that much of a banger. The other thing I really liked about that I didn't mention, by the way, just before we wrap up, is it's a very condensed story. So it's like Ratatouille. It's it's a snapshot. It's not trying to set up a universe. It's not trying to set up sequels, and I appreciated that about it. All right, well, we're dealing with crazy audio connection for some reason. I don't know what is happening tonight. We got gremlins. Are you feeling this, Coles? It will be on Disney Plus June 18th, no extra fee, not coming to theaters. Should people watch it or skip it? Well, seeing that a Disney Plus subscription only costs like $7.99, and this is essentially a trip to the theater, but you already got your snacks, you got your food, and you don't need to pay for anything else. Just sit back and watch the film. I strongly am feeling it. I am as well. I think this is definitely worth watching. I think both of these are. This makes for a great weekend of new releases, and you ain't even got to go to the movies and pay any money if you have Netflix and Disney Plus already. This is what people want from their streaming services. You know, you got new content, you got two solid, good family flicks to watch, and it's not going to cost you anything extra, and you don't even have to leave the house. So that is it from us for today. We will be back next week with a trifecta of reviews as long as everything goes well we've got a real cool gamut of different genres to talk about next week it's going to be fun we're excited about all three of the ones that we're going to be covering we hope that you found something that piqued your interest and you would love to hear what you would think about these films if you get a chance to see them you can reach out to us on twitter at feeling film at black nerd magic you can join the feeling film facebook discussion group 
where we talk about movies all day long, every day. The link to that is always in the show notes, and we would love to have you there. We will be back soon. Until then, keep feeling film. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Film, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places, and I'd love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter, but be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive. And keep feeling film.